So that was Fake by Subsociety Music. We realized last week that we did not have the rights to the song that we were using for our intros and outros. So we actually worked with our good friends over at Tuning In NFTs to have uh, to like highlight each week a different artist. So Subsociety Music, we will pin some of their work up in our uh, on our jumbotron here. We are. Uh, Super thrilled to be able to amplify anything and everything. They also have a weekly Thursday space. Um, it's like Web3 University, something like that. So we will pin those up in the Jumbotron as things get going. Um, I just want to say hi. Hi, Dr. Jamila. How are you? I'm doing amazing, friends. It's so good to have this opportunity to share and be on your platform. You guys are just amazing. You ladies are doing just the most. I am just so, so blessed. So been very busy over here. McGrath, really glad to see you, Coprod. Anonymous in the house. I got my beautiful friend Breeze over there. So just so glad to be here and excited for what we're about to do. We are so excited as well. It's crazy. I met you at the very beginning of my Web3 journey and was just so incredibly impressed with everything you said, everything you were doing. So like almost like eight, nine months later, it's pretty crazy to have you here and be interviewing you. I'm just so excited about this. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, I I love you. I love what all that you're doing. I love your your creativity as well as Coprod. You guys just have this energy of really the inter intersectionality between the technology and the utility. So I, I mean, if you guys are, if you ladies are the beginning, it's just gonna. I mean, it's just gonna get sweeter with wine. So you know, just thank you all for what you do, what you bring, and yeah, just happy to serve. You, I'm in really good company. So couldn't be more excited today. Let's go. 
Awesome. Absolutely. Let's go. I love you so much. And uh, yeah, I think all three of us right now, there is just nothing but potential and opportunity. So with that being said, we will launch straight into things. Um, I know I sent you a thing of of questions and we're just going to restructure that first one a little bit. And I'm going to ask you if this interview was only 60 seconds long, how would you introduce yourself to us? Wow, that's such a great question. I think, I mean, it was only 60, uh, even 60 seconds, 66 six, uh, minutes or what have you. It's, you know, I'm a social entrepreneur. I'm really bullish on making social impact. I look at the intersectionality between technology and social cultural change. And I try to find the pain points in our culture and our society of how to make the greatest impact using this wonderful system called blockchain and this uh, institutional system called capitalism. I believe we can marry the two to make great impact. And I see myself as one of those early pioneers to do that. So that's what I would say. Amazing. Um, So I'm like super pumped about this question because you do so many things um, in Web3. If you could only pick three words to describe yourself, and what you do in Web3, what would they be? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say um, I'm, I'm a connector because I, I connect people with the tools and the resources that they need to be able to uh, build their products, build their services, uh, get the things that they need to be able to grow and scale their brands. But also, um, I'm a person that amplifies because I really believe that Web3 blockchain is about accessibility. It's about what we can do with technology that we cannot do in regular institutions and paradigms that have so many uh, constructs that don't allow us to really uh, own our own voice in our story. So um, I would say I'm an amplifier. And, and number three, I would say that uh, I, am, I am more of a, how would you say, uh, uh, um, an empathizer, because I believe at the heart of everything, you need to have a soul when you're in business. If it's just your your dollars and cents, your bottom line, you and you remove yourself from that human aspect. You really don't get to see the real problems that are there when you're only focused on revenue. So I like to think of myself as an empathizer, as a person, as an entrepreneur with a soul. And I believe when you have that, you can see the best in your products and the best in other people, which is really important when you're trying to find product market fit and build products for the future. And especially you are so far reaching. This is like those those words were absolutely so, so true. And it's if anybody listening doesn't know, this woman has a bunch of other businesses. Uh, She amplifies people to like make their own businesses. She is uh, a pastor and a doctor. And so like she absolutely emulates everything that she just said. Uh, Amanda, did you want to say something real quick? Yeah, I just love those words because they resonate very, like, truly with me. When I met you, I was just this tiny little peon, and you gave me, like, an hour and a half of your time, just, like, for nothing in return. And you were just so kind and had so much, obviously, you know, information and experience to share. But, like, that's real. I I can tell you, that is really rare that someone will do that for you. So... I love those three words. I I think that they're perfect. Thank you so much. And, you know, I really just love the energy of Web3. I mean, the incredible amount of talent and the entrepreneurs that are here. I mean, you just couldn't even find it if you, you know, randomly. It's just like, it's such a beautiful ecosystem. And so when we had that time and we shared, I just love getting to know people. I just love to hear stories and see how we can connect, where the synergies lies, how we can amplify, how we can correlate resources because we're stronger together. And so, yeah, you know, my time, you know, uh, I really invested in the people I believe in and, you know, I wouldn't have done that if I didn't believe in you. So just kudos to you because you're, you're, you're worth every minute I spent on you, friend. 
You're so sweet. This is why we love you so much. Um, so I'm, this is going to be an interesting one. I, how do you start your day? We always actually, uh, we can suss people out with this one. Go ahead. That's a good one. <laughs> well, uh, for a woman uh, running multiple companies, I start my day at 4.30 a.m. I, I, I speak with my international partners from Dubai to Singapore to India to Australia and UK, and I roll out of bed. I check my phone. I remember what's on my calendar. Or <laughs> organize. I know Jay gave us... Jay gave a, a sad face and I, I literally turn the ignition on and like go full force. And I wouldn't recommend obviously that for everyone, but when you're building a business and you're running multiple businesses and you have international partners, there's an incredible amount of responsibility uh, and, and strategic planning and organization. So you, I literally have to wake up with the expectation that all of the um, onus of driving my business is on me. And so uh, I start my day highly focused, motivated, turn the laptop on, get, <laughs> if I can, get a bowl of cereal. But that, like I said to some people, you know, entrepreneurship uh, is maybe not the right fit for everyone because sometimes I work about 20 hours a day, if not more sometimes. So uh, when you're building a startup, you really have to have that in mind in terms of the amount of work and the amount of dedication, but I believe in this ecosystem so much. So when I wake up, I'm thinking about you all. I'm thinking about how our products and services are going to uh, affect change. So uh, I don't see it as work. I really see it as um, life-giving for the people that we are going to impact. I love it. We always ask that because there's usually like two answers. One, exactly like yours, um, of like highly motivated, so, you know, like there's there's a personality type, right, of highly motivated, highly successful, highly organized people, and a correlation of how they start their day. Um, so that, that tracks, obviously. Um, so I know a little bit about some of the projects that you're working on, and they are very cool. So what are you most excited about these days? Yeah, so most really excited about all of the incredible talent that we are going to be onboarding and showcasing for Ethos. So we've been working really hard on the UI and UX for our, our marketplace. Um, we do have obviously a website up, but it doesn't have the full integration of the marketplace. And so um, just talking with the creators and getting all of the information that we're going to start uh, onboarding and working um, with our other uh, strategic partners on a very big event we're planning, <laughs> which I haven't been able to, I, I'm just like sitting on this. I haven't been able to release it yet. I'll probably Probably here for me probably next week on a very very big IRL event we're going to be hosting but it's just exciting to see everything becoming very tangible and so the fact that what we do is going to impact real people real creators who want a shot at really being able to monetize you know their work and and make a living and have a platform that nourishes that just really gets me excited and knowing that we're like months away from it becoming really, really manifesting. It's just really, really exciting to me. That is amazing. I cannot wait. Knowing you, that really is going to be absolutely phenomenal. And uh, not only because of your work ethic, but also because of just like who you are creatively and, and all of that good stuff. So um, I'm excited that you're excited. Uh, do you have a favorite NFT? We're just going to completely like turn on this one and go to a new topic. Do you have a favorite NFT? Yeah, I have so many NFTs. I forgot how many wallets I have now. It's actually really bad. Um, I have like, I have like, I don't even know. I got like a UFC strike pack. I was like one of the first people to get the UFC. I'm like, why am I getting a UFC strike pack? I don't even watch UFC. Uh, but I have a really cool 
uh, NFT, and I'll have to find it. I'll send a picture of it. Um, and I got it as a giveaway from 1989 Sisters, and it's beautiful African-American PFP from the 1989 Sisters. And I remember being so excited about it because it was right in the bull run. Everyone was just so excited about NFTs, and there was just all of these incredible projects coming out. <laughs> and I remember I was like, oh, I need to send this to my other wallet because then I was going to move it into a, a cold storage wallet. And on accident... I sent this Ethereum-based um, uh, PFP from, you know, 1989 Sisters to my USDT wallet. And it's, like, been lost on Gate.io. <laughs> and I, we're still trying to get it back. But I just remember saying, oh, and goodness, like, maybe my PFP will be, like, the, the first lost PFP on Gate.io. And maybe the rarity will go up or something like that. But I just remember saying, oh, my gosh, I love this one so much. And like, I'm still trying to get it back. But, you know, um, you know, you could see it uh, on the blockchain that I do own it. But um, yeah, that was just a funny example of what not to do when you're new to NFTs. Don't send it, you know, ETH, your ETH PFP to your USDT uh, account on Gate.io. <laughs> And I land my blame. Hey, if that's your biggest mistake in Web3, you're doing okay. <laughs> um, uh, way worse has happened. Um, to, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, do you have a guilty Web3 pleasure? Like an embarrassing project you like? Somebody crazy you follow on Twitter? Give us the deets. That's a good one. You know, <laughs> I would say um, I'm kind of uh, some days I just kind of creep around and I look at the titles of what's going on in spaces and maybe I'll just kind of plop into one that I don't know and see what's going on and try to feel the energy. And then sometimes I love the fact that you can go join now on spaces, but you don't actually join yet. And then you could just see who's all in there. And then if I just see a whole bunch of PFPs of just like a whole bunch of um you, you know, monkeys, then I usually don't go there. <laughs> and so I would, so I just love the fact that I could kind of like creep around and I can kind of see where I want to go. But I love showing up at new spaces and just kind of sitting there and listening to the energy because you really have to, you know, I tell people Web3 is like moving your hands uh, uh, through the water. So when you try to like, this is Web3, it's like it's on to something next. So you have to just flow with the water, you have to just flow down this beautiful river and see where it takes you. And so I love going in these spaces and just seeing the energy and what are they talking about? What are their needs? Like, and some of the craziest things I've heard in Web3, even on my spaces, someone was taking a shower and we're like, just, you know, come back when you're ready. Um, but it was just, it's just, it, there's incredible energy out there and there's some weird stuff going on, but you have to really just move through the water. And the best way to do that is kind of go, go under under disguise a little bit. I love that. I can totally just see you in like, you know, the trench coat and the hat and the glasses hanging out and like scoping out for monkey pictures. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that so much. But it is really nice. I agree with you that going into these different spaces, having people of all different types, you know, come up to speak even uh, other than the hosts, right? Going in through different hosts, but also having the hosts of different people. I think that's really awesome. Um, so taking it back to a more uh, professional side, what are you most focused on right now? Yeah, thank you so much. And I have to be honest, um, I forgot to look at your interview questions. So I'm doing this all from, I'm just ad-libbing. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm being honest. So, uh, I was a debater in high school, so we had a lot of ad-libbing. So we'll see how I do today. Um, but, uh, to honor the space, no, I really, I really just, um, am so, uh, you know, focused on how do we, how do we create utility that can be used by a, a large amount of creators and so we're really trying to focus our energy on kind of like that one two three what are what are you getting with ethos and so really curating our content curating our marketplace going back working with the developers making sure when people come onto the new website it's very uh intuitive they know how to move around it's it's very appealing for web two people who want to find out okay what is this web three about they want to they want to look at you know 
know, different products and services that are Web3 without being uh, oversaturated by the technology. We really want to, again, number one, create um, this, this marrying between Web2 and Web3, which we call Web2.5. Um, and then for our creators, we really want them to be able to be able to access um, the the value of our platform in like one dashboard. So it's a lot of integrations right now. It's a lot of speaking with the devs, trying to figure out how we do all of the APIs and the SDKs and all of that so that when they come on, it's a very integrated platform and, and they're more focused on, okay, how, how am I connecting with my fans? How am I generating revenue versus how am I trying to understand the functionalities of platform? And, you know, so those are the things the UI and the UX is something that I'm very, very hyper-focused on because again, every time I talk to someone about blockchain, it's like, it's too, you know, it's too complicated. I don't understand it. Or it took me four hours just to learn how to open a MetaMask. And in any other uh, regular situation, that's a nightmare for a uh, um, a company to know that you you'd have that big of a learning curve for your customer. They're gonna find they're gonna try to find a solution for that immediately because they know there's so much attrition just due to the complexity. So really trying to reduce that complexity, reduce that friction, create an environment where both the consumers and the creators can be able to access our services in a very seamless way. And so that's taking a lot of design thinking, a lot of meetings, a lot of sitting down and uh, mind mapping. But it's going to be worth it because if we can show that Web3 uh, is as easy as Web2, I think we've got the the golden key to start to onboard a lot of people who are still waiting <laughs> to see how this whole thing shakes out. So it's a very exciting place to be, um, and we're being very, very intentional about it. I love hearing you talk about business. <laughs> it is so freaking cool. <laughs> I mean... You just dropped like at least 15 pointers that are universal, almost like right to entrepreneurship. And you just said it in such a cadence that was like flowing and, you know, like it's so easy, like such an accessible way of explaining things that are incredibly complicated. I got to give you props for that. That was amazing. I love you. Well, I give you all the flowers back, friend. Again, I'm like, I'm, I'm motivated. I want people to get excited coming into this space and the friction that is there. I think it's because we have developers developing the products and they should just focus. Some people, some have gifts in both ends, but some people like my beautiful Jay, friend Jay down there and Jasper and Brisa and so many others, they have that gift of both ends, but some people should stick to the development side and then they should have the other people come in and work on that front end. And if, uh, you know, because it's sometimes it's like a Frankenstein experiment. People are so excited about this thing they're building and this DeFi protocol and this EVM wallet and this pancake swap that does this and it's like no one's coming to that party okay like you're next to the bean dip all by yourself so let let's 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 stop that and so i just want to be so practical because we all have so many great products and service so much we can give i just want people to start thinking on how do we package that for the consumer because again we can't sell something that no one wants or is going to buy. We've got to think of also the consumer side of things to be really practical and get a return on our investment because our time is valuable. You all are valuable and I want to see you all win. So I just love y'all. And I'm like, if I got to be one of the first pioneers, I'm going in, even if I'm limping. I love that. And you literally just did it again. Like you gave this hilarious example. I literally laughed out loud when you said the bean dip thing, but it's, it's like a core business principle, right? Like what you just explained, nobody wants to come to that party. It's, I just, I love it. Um, but yeah. Okay. Moving on. Um, so I guess this is a, is a pretty good segue actually. Um, what is a compliment that really has stuck with you? Oh, thank you guys so much. A compliment. Hmm. You know, uh, I, had a, I had some wonderful good vibrations with Brisa today and Jasper and Jay. They always give me so many flowers. But I remember 
just one thing that stood out to me when I was having a hard time this week, because I was like, have a very big product that's coming out in addition to what we're doing with our platform. So stay tuned. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Like, why am I doing this all at once? And I was talking to my developer over in India, who uh, is helping me with the research and development. And I was telling him all of the things that I want to do. And I was kind of telling him a lot of the deficiencies that I have in terms of perfectionism. And he looked at me in, the, uh, well, through Zoom, not like in person, but he said, you already have everything you need. He said, you have the courage to do the things that many people don't. And you already have it. And I remember I was like, I'm not going to cry. This is a professional business meeting. <laughs> but I remember at that time, I just needed someone to validate that I was enough. You know, uh, because being a non-technical founder in a technical space, sometimes you have this sense of doubt, like you have all this uh, design thinking and all these uh, ideas and big picture and macro picture. And then you start have to start becoming very granular and, and becoming uh, uh, deducing all that down to very technical steps. And so sometimes it becomes a little overwhelming and just someone saying you're enough and you have what it takes to do this. It was like, whoa, okay. I can do this and I need to believe in myself and, and, and when I'm feeling that self-doubt and I'm feeling like I'm not enough, I need to remind myself what I've already done and what I've already accomplished and be empowered by that. So, you know, it's those little things that people say along the way and so many of you have dropped so much great uh, gems. I, I sit with Jay on hour-long meetings or more, and Jasper and Brees and I were just on, the, on a call, and it's like everyone's trying to uplift my wings, and I just really, really appreciate it, because again, you can't do this alone, and so we all are here, I think, um, uh, propping each other's wings so we can fly, so, but that was one thing that came to mind, because sometimes, you know, we all have that. We don't feel enough. We really have to you know, look deep inside as entrepreneurs remind ourselves we are uh, enough and it's okay. It's okay to not know everything, but what we have inside of us is enough to get us across the finish line. That is just such a Dr. J answer. It was absolutely beautiful. And, and you, you do this thing that you do accept the compliments but you constantly turn it around and you react to everybody around you and I think that that's a really beautiful thing to not only be able to take it on but also turn it around I have a tendency to just turn it around and then I get really like squeamish when people compliment me and <laughs> I don't know what to do with myself so um that's just absolutely beautiful and uh by the way, hi, Jasper. Hi, everybody in here. Jasper and I had a cool phone call today as well. And so I just want to shout them out. They they do really awesome things as well. But this, I think, has been the question I've been most excited about the entire uh, interview. What is the thing that calls you to do what you do? This is going to be such a great little speech. I am so excited. Whoa. <laughs> well, that's very deep. That, yeah, almost makes me want to cry when I have to dig down and compartmentalize that because it hits so deep in terms of uh, intent, right? Because uh, we can build great products and services and we can do great things and we can become a unicorn and we could do all of these things, but I always think about the intent behind those things and why do people get into business and why are we developing products and services in Web3? Are we just using decentralization to do more centralized things <laughs> covertly so we could still cre uh, maintain the same systems and structures? Or do we have guardians come into the space that are like, no, we about to change the game and we're going to do whatever it takes within the law <laughs> to do that? And I really, after three years studying reparations, after studying systemic racism and violence, after unearthing so many um, deficiencies within our current social cultural structures, I landed on Web3 and I said, I'm not waiting for reparations for my people. I'm going to go give them what they deserve. And I'm going to develop the systems and the processes to be able to do that. Um, you know, whether 
people believe we deserve reparations or not is not the point. The point is we can create the structures that we need to redeem the times. Um, there's a scripture, a Bible scripture talks about redeeming what the locust has stolen. And there's been a lot stolen through history, uh, through many people groups. So I don't want to get on a soapbox here. But when I saw the beautiful ecosystem of Web3, and I got in these rooms and I saw people winning and I saw people celebrating. I saw people making money to put food on the table and gas in the car. And I saw people doing it without all the constructs and all the middlemans and all of the red tape. I said, this is the revolution that the world is looking for. And it's not you and me, it's us. And if we, through our moral courage, can connect and intersect, we can transform not only our world, not only our community, but we can begin to leave a legacy for the next generations to come. And that to me was so inspiring. And I said, wow, all we need is moral courage to do good. All we need is the person that looks deep and says, how do I leverage this technology for the greater good? And so all that drives me every day when I'm building, when I say, okay, I could go this shortcut, but it doesn't really serve the purpose that I came uh, to achieve. I'm going to have to go this little harder path because it's going to serve greater amount of people. And I make those strategic decisions every day so that at the end of the day, I have come to do what I said I was going to accomplish, which was to create a system that not only serves my communities, but can feed the world. And so that, that wakes me up, that motivates me, that inspires me. And I remember all those years, three years of doing intense doctoral research to come to this place and say, I don't need your handout. I'm gonna give my people the leverage to make uh, generational change. So uh, that is my inspiration. That's why I come. And it really, really is something that allows me to do 20-hour days and not blink bat an eye because I know at the end of the day, it's going to affect not just me, but all the people that I want to see win in this space. Oh, my God. I think the only way to even honor that answer is just to, like, give everyone a second to let it set in. I just want to say that was the preacher coming out Pastor Jamila is in the house. Holy crap. I was excited for that answer. And you lived up to every single thought I was I had was gonna happen. That was amazing. Seriously, that's why we do this show. It's the exact reason that we came up with the concept of getting to know people beyond what people think about them in web three. And so to get to hear that answer, um, I've heard you speak so many times, but I've never heard your why. And it just gives me this incredible, obviously I had respect for you, so much respect for you, but that it was just amazing to hear that, like, and to be able to carry that forward in knowing you in this space. So thank you for that. Like legit, I'm not even lying. I teared up a little bit. I'm like wiping away tears. <laughs> I know I'm trying to like hold it together too. Cause I, I get that, like that there's that, oh, I'm kind of tearing up. And then there's that bad cry that comes where people get really like awkward about it. So we don't want that to happen on your space. <laughs> but I would like to create a caveat here. I don't want anyone to think, oh, you got to raise it to the level at, 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 you know, Dr. J's level. Like everyone <laughs> can come in here and, 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 and do good things and they want to make, you know, a good product. They're not trying to like change the world. I remember I was uh, advising one company on getting uh, uh, venture capital. And I was telling him my why. We sat down. He he, he flew out from um, Los Angeles to come and meet me. And uh, we went to lunch and I was telling him my why. And I was so passionate telling him about ethos. And he kind of almost got a little bit, I wouldn't say nervous, but he almost was kind of like, he just said, well, I just want to build a product. I don't want to change the world. And I said, you know what? 
That's true. I said, don't, don't, don't worry about my energy. I'm just telling you my, my why. I'm not trying to force you to, you know, uh, you know, take on my moral uh, compass here. Um, so I do think it's important that when people are building, you know, everyone has a why. Some people have a bigger macro why, changing the world. That's maybe not for everyone, but everyone doing their part to just do good in this space makes a, a huge difference. So don't ever think if your why is not big enough, you're not important because you are. We all just need good people coming in the space, building great products. And if you're just building a great product that happens to help a lot of people, you've really done your part. I love that. So on a lighter note, <laughs> um, we'll go to a fun one. What are three things that you can't live without? Oh, am goodness. Okay. Okay. Um, blueberries. I eat about three pounds a week. I'm not even going to lie. My husband's like, I think you have a vitamin deficiency. I was like... I don't know. I have to eat berries. I have to have my my smoothie or my little pitaya bowl. It's like, it's really crazy. It's annoying to my husband. He's like, you've got to stop. Go to the doctor. I think there's a deficiency. <laughs> but I love berries. I, I can't live without berries. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, number two, uh, well, I should say number one is really, um, you know, uh, my re- my relationship with God is just so important, you know, just that time of meditation, of reflection, of being able to speak with my creator, be able to thank Jesus for all that he's done. You know, I just sit and I just meditate um, sometimes and that that access and just knowing you can't do that in all countries. You know, I had a pastor um, who was a very extreme um, Islamic um member at one time and he converted uh um by his own choice and i remember <laughs> him just telling us the stories of just life and i just remember saying wow you know we have such an incredible we're so incredibly blessed whatever persuasion you are whatever religion you are that you can do that in the safety of your home uh in in the united states and and that is just a treasure that i have and then you know, so not to go down that road, but it's just it's just a blessing to have that um, opportunity. Uh, and number three, um, I am, I don't know if you all know, but I used to teach like Zumba and I'm like a choreographer. I'm a dancer. Uh, I danced a lot and like I, I got uh, invited to the Macy's Day Parade and I danced in London and Paris for an all-star team from America. And uh, I can't live without dancing. So movement and vibrations and dance is so important to me to be able to sometimes, if I'm just like having a bad day, I'll turn on my Spotify and I'll do a lot of um, interpretive dance. And so um, that just gives my soul time to like uh, detox. And so I don't think if I couldn't dance, if if I couldn't like meditate and pray and eat my blueberries, I would have a very bad day. That is such a fabulous answer. I just fall in love with you even more every single time you give us an answer. Blueberries, love it. God, uh, more than blueberries, but it's probably close. And then dance, just to bring it all together. And I love that, by the way. Um, dance is so important to, to me as well. And I think that a lot of people should dance more despite the fact that they don't think they can dance well and they need to just shush and let everything go and you really do find that connection with whatever energy with whatever being with whatever source that you truly believe in that you truly find you find it through movement and dance and vibration so um what a great three connections (laughs) i love that so much um Moving on, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Wow. Yeah, thank you so much. And yeah, that was that was a fun that was a fun um question. Which which reminds me, uh I've been thinking because I have so many ideas for startups and things that I want to do down the road and I was like, "Oh my gosh, we need to develop a company, move to earn where people could like do like 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 a um, like a, a Zumba kind of dance and different things like that. And they can earn crypto. 
So that's like on my list of things to do, like how we can motivate people to start exercising and moving. And we could pay them in crypto to reduce like the health, you know, disparities. I was like, oh my gosh, if we could find that. I don't know how, maybe it has to be a nonprofit. But anyway, uh, back, back to your well, question. Really your question I'm going to say, if you do that, I would be happy to be an instructor. I am a very good instructor. So I would love to collaborate. That sounds like so much fun. I already think that we should create kinetic generators and everybody should be able to dance their way to free electricity. But anyway, that's besides the point. The question was, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. God. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot I had that idea. It's crazy. If you get in my brain, you guys will... You guys wouldn't, you, I don't know if you would want to. Um, but yeah, so uh, I talk, I was on the phone with my good mentor. He's an Emmy award-winning producer um, out of Hollywood. And I met him about almost a year ago. And I remember I was calling him. I was like, man, we got this big thing we're doing. I need some help. And um, he, he, you know, he always lends his time and he charges a lot of money for his time. <laughs> gets get on calls for free and he gives me advice and I remember him saying yesterday and reminding me he said this many many times to me before he's like I only uh hang with my friends and I make money I never let anyone take me off of my square and so he gave me some um examples of you know he's a movie producer with a very powerful movie producer and he's like people come to us all the time and they're like hey do this movie and hey would you like to do this movie and hey and he's like I only do action movies so when they come to me with sci-fi I tell them I don't do that and I was thinking to Tommy like if they give me 20 million dollars I'm gonna learn sci-fi now stop it but he was like I just don't do that because I don't let anyone take me off of my square. I only do what I'm doing that I know I that I know uh, I love and what I'm doing and I know what I'm good at because that keeps me on my square and it keeps me focused and it keeps my you know my vibrations very high. And I just thought, wow, I'm one of those person I want to please everyone. I want to do everything. I want to make people happy. And there's this time in a season where you're just outpouring, you're outpouring. But there comes a time as you, you're getting more responsibility and you're, you, you've got so many more demands that you have to begin to prioritize. And so that really gave me a lot of food for thought because I thought, oh my gosh, I have so much ahead of me this year. Uh, I have so many big projects that we have and there's so much, there's so much pressure to kind of lean this way or lean that way, but don't let anyone take me off of my square because when I'm on my square, I'm powerful right? I'm effective. It's transformational. It's effective. And so it, it that just gave me like that light bulb, like, oh, it's okay to say, this is what I only do. Not because I don't like that, but because my gifts and my talents flow through this channel and it's more effective in this channel. And so I just love, I love my friend. He's just amazing. But I think we all have those friends that remind us, hey, remember who you are. And that's always a, a wonderful uh, strength that we have to learn to cultivate because it is, uh, it's transformational when we can cultivate that day on and, you know, in our, our everyday struggles in this thing called life. I really love I, super fast. I really love the way that that's phrased just because there's a lot of ways that you could say like stay in your comfort zone, but staying on your square, you can always level up your square. You can always make your square bigger. You can always improve your square, but don't let anyone take you off your square. I don't know. That really hits home. Go ahead, Amanda. I was just going to say, it's so crazy to hear you kind of talk through those things about not being able to say no before you mentioned, you know, like imposter syndrome. I think that's something that like we all struggle with and not a lot of people talk about it. And like to hear someone as successful as you are and who like operates on such a high level to hear you say those things, I think is, is really important um, to some of us. I, I'm just like very thankful that you would be 
open about saying that because I would never guess that you would like have that internal struggle of not not being able to say no and being a people pleaser. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah, no, totally. And one thing I have to say is, you know, I've struggled with um, anxiety uh, a lot of my life, you know, so um, sometimes I get still as an adult and I'm old, get panic attacks. I also uh, get very, very nervous speaking in front of people. Now, I was a debater. I was a competitive debater. I was also a state debate champion, but I still get nervous and it causes anxiety. <laughs> so it's like, you constantly have to have like this reminder, like, okay, I am enough. I can, I, I am enough. I can do this, you know, but it's crazy. I mean, I don't know, maybe uh, just people who operate at different frequencies, they have different synapses that react to different things. But, you know, even socially, like if I get in a room, like I have to like hype myself up, don't get anxious. Don't think you have to over talk. Don't over explain. <laughs> just calm down and it's just crazy but it's 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 those it's it's being humble enough I guess to just start to look within and say okay these are my deficiencies these are my assets how do I like reduce the gap <laughs> so crazy so you are a human you don't sleep you work consistent you know crazy hours but that, that very nice to know um, speaking of some of the hardships that come along with this journey that we all know, was there ever a time that you almost gave up and what made you keep going? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, well, without getting into too, too much in the weeds, um, you know, you have to choose your team very wisely, right? Obviously, when you're running a company, you may start out as a, as a sole entrepreneur, but you're going to need a team if you're really building a big enterprise. And so you start to lean on people and kind of create a circle of trust. And I remember I just um, had people that I was getting in front of me that I, I really believed were a part of my uh circle of trust and they really some of them broke that and so that was really 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 difficult to to take that energy in and not hold it and say okay I gotta like exhale that and it's like we're moving forward but we've got to like heal from that because um it's very it's very damaging if you especially if your if co-founders are not reliable or if they're in my in my in my situation cloned all of my IP to hold it like hostage, you know, um, and then quit the company. So there's very real risk and damages that can happen in, in business. And when, you know, there's different personalities, okay, some people start get a little jealous and, oh, I want to have more equity. And, you know, you start to see colors once money and equity and shares and the whole business framework is start starting to activate it's different when you're just jumping in a zoom and oh my gosh that's so cool or maybe we could do it like that and then it's like putting things on paper like okay you have this much equity you have this much stake you're this in the company and 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 it can start to stir some things up and so I think it at the, there was a point um last year where I was like I don't have time for this like I could just start, I could just like be a Mary Kay agent or something like that. Um, but I, you know, that why, again, going back to that why was like, man, it, f it fired me up. I think I had to spend like two weeks and I just kind of, I did, you know, I did some stuff and I did a few spaces and I did a few social media posts, but I was not activated. I was like really thinking hard. Do I have the emotional stamina to do this? And when I reminded myself back on my doctoral thesis and all of the harm that I had seen done in our traditional system, I said, our people don't have time for me to be weak. So there's no excuses. And I got myself back up. I did my Twitter space. I did my thing. I repositioned myself. I started networking. And I said, if I have to do this alone, I'm going through this door. And so it's, it's one of those things where, man, the emotional resiliency is so key because it's not how big your idea is. It's not how much money you can raise. It's how full is your cup? How big is, how long is your emotional bandwidth? And if you can uh, outpace people that way, 
that's how you win the game in entrepreneurship because it's not that you don't have great products is that some of us don't have the biggest hearts. I have already said this, but I fall in love with you more and more every time you, you answer something like that. Uh, my people don't have time for me to be weak. Just again, starts to bring tears to my eyes. The, 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 not only the, the message that you're sending with the actual words, but the heartfelt meaning behind you mean every word that you say. And I think that you are absolutely correct. There are people who do not have the actual bandwidth to take something like this on. They, they just, it's too much emotionally. It's too much physically. And that's a, that's a thing. And that's okay. You know, everybody helps in the way that they can. That's totally okay. But, um, you know, I just always have to give it to you again, because you are, so strong and you are so much bigger and like Amanda said we are both very surprised that you are not a cyborg who is just magically able to do everything and has like 38 hours in a day instead of 24 <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore but <laughs> you're amazing we have to add a question of what is the random thing you would be if you weren't doing this like I love Mary Kay because like I I've been there right and I'm like what if I just became a farmer? Like, I love animals. Like, I could do that. So uh, I'm with you. That uh, That's hilarious. Um, go ahead, Lindsay. Yeah, sorry, I Kanye'd you. Wait, no, but I do want to know, Dr. J, if there was one random thing that you could be that I guess doesn't have to do with the super heartfelt, amazing mission that you have, because actually, I guess this is like kind of a moot question because she's already been everything. If there's one thing that you could be that you haven't been yet, that's going to be the new question right there. What would that be? <laughs> <laughs> you ladies are awesome. Well, I mean, I don't want to we've all been talking about me being nice and humble or something. So I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. Um, but if I could be anything, I would be president of the United States. That's you what would I would make be. a wonderful. President. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got our votes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do hope one day, you know, if I, be, if we, we get to where we want to go and I have billions of dollars, believe me, I will run for president. But um, I won't let them know when. <laughs> oh, I love it. Amanda, which one of us has to ask the next question? <laughs> I've been so lost in this conversation. I move on. Um, so what is one thing that people don't know about you? Oh, that's that's fun. Yay. I like that. Um like all your questions though I feel really bad that I didn't like look at them I'm just ad-libbing <laughs> um but maybe that makes it more authentic um uh one thing people um maybe don't know is that I am half Alaska native from the indigenous tribes of Alaska so my mother is Alaska native I grew up in a small tribe of about 300 people you know I have my BIA card showing I'm from the Tlingit and Haida tribes. You know, my uh, uh, Alaska native name is Akena, which means a dog salmon swimming on its belly up a stream. So uh, I come from a very rich history, indigenous history um, from Southeast Alaska. Um, and I grew up in a village. I didn't look native, um, <laughs> but I grew up singing our songs and dancing. I remember starting work at I started working at the age of nine, making probably nine or ten dollars an hour for the tourists, singing, dancing, doing plays. Um, I acted a lot uh, growing up in our um, doing plays for our, the tourists that would come through. And so have a very rich history uh, growing up there. And uh, yeah, it's it's something that people don't really think of when they look at me. But that's 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 where I came from. And that's that's my home and um, moved out to California in 2002 with like $20 in my pocket. My mom just like, OK, have have fun at college. 
I'm thinking, where's the college fund? You know, um, and I remember my uh, one of the professors recommended me for the faculty scholarship. I remember it paid, I was at a private institution. I remember it paid 50% of my um, tuition at that time. And so when I left, I had two ba bachelor's degree when I left undergrad and I didn't have any student loans um, because I had such a great um, fund that was given to me. But I just remember thinking this little girl all the way from Alaska comes out here to California with $20 in her pocket from a village of 300 people. So it's quite a story in terms of, uh, how I came to be in Silicon Valley and come out to this big world. Um, and yet I'm from a very small village of 300 people. And, uh, you know, we have the right lane, we have the left lane, we have three stoplights and a mall that I wouldn't call a mall. But, um, you know, it's just a, it's a great story of like, wow, you could come from anywhere. Um, it's just really uh, your, 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 your location is not necessarily the thing that limits you. It's more of your the mindset, right? Because we have to believe that we can ch achieve these things in spite of all the X, Y, Z things that are in our life. And one of those things that many people think is limited is like, oh, my experience or where I'm from. Where I'm from a, a village that people don't even know. Um, so anyone can be successful in business. Uh, you really, really can. Talk about getting to know people beyond their blank in Web3. I never would have guessed that. Um, that's amazing. And the way that you tied it in, I mean, literally the farthest place away, right? <laughs> um, to come to where you where you are now. That's that's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I did not know that. And I definitely would not have assumed or anything like that. Uh, so you're half... Uh, Southeast Alaskan and half, what's your other half? Yeah, so I'm I'm African-American as well. So my, my late father um, and a lot of my family is still from South, South Central uh, LA. So you, you have to think like I would visit my dad like a handful of times in my life and I'm going out to South Central and they're like, why do you talk like that? And, you know, I don't know the slang. I don't know, like, the mannerisms. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm from Alaska. Like, it was so awkward, you know. You know, and so, you know, I, I, I guess I want to speak to people who are multicultural. And they have that feeling of I don't belong because I never really belonged really in my Native culture. I wasn't really accepted in some of my African-American culture. And I just began to lean on the fact that I was different and that, as I grew older, I was like, that's okay. It's okay. And actually, it didn't force me into any type of tribalism because I was like, I'm just going to do me. If you like me, you don't like me. But this is what you got. This is what you get. <laughs> and uh, um, it, it made me be more multicultural and cross-cultural and do different things and go different places because I wasn't like, well, I'm only this, so I do this. Like, um, So, you know. I guess there's a moral to the story, like um, even some of the things that we think are deficiencies can be some of our greatest strengths um, because being multicultural really allowed me to see the world from a different place. But um, yeah, I, I, I have a very, very rich history and a lot, uh, big families on both sides. So my grandma on my native side had 14 kids. My grandma on my black side had like 10 and it's like, I couldn't even marry anyone in Alaska because they're like my cousin. So um, yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> wow, that is such a crazy dichotomy of your life and so many benefits, so many negatives, you know, it, like I, this, this could go on, this interview could go on for ages and I would be enthralled forever. Unfortunately, we are almost at the top of the hour. I am going to ask you one last thing. And that is, what is it that you hope people take away uh, from this about who you are? Oh, that's such a great question. You know, I think, and I'm so thankful for you all. You, you guys were like, got all the the the, the retweets and the, the you know the pre tweets for all of this. It was so fabulous. And I think some people can be like, oh my gosh, well that's not me, and I'm not a doctor, and I'm not a founder, I'm not an advisor. I'm just, and you, everyone starts to become smaller, and everyone becomes like very, you know. And I want people to walk away knowing we all 
bleed red. Okay. There's no difference between me and you in terms of value. We have different giftings, different skill sets, you know, talents, but we're all human and we all deserve the opportunities that this world gives us. Uh, for me, that my, my creator, that, you know, God has given me uh, life, breath. We all deserve clean air, water, you know, food on the table, gas in the car, children to have, you know, safe streets to play in. Um, there's our, there, our collective humanity is what um, should unite us. And I think Web3 brings the best out of that in us. I think we have to remember that as we're building and it's like, okay, oh, this, this, this DeFi project is this and this NFT minted out and this one's the blue chip. At the end of the day, we all bleed red. We're all human. We're all interconnected. We're all connected in this ecosystem called life. And we all have the ability to give life, right? And receive life. And I think if we start to remember our humanity, we start to remember the things that are shared amongst our collective identity as humans, as people with spirits, with minds, with bodies, I think we'll begin to harness our greatest strength, with, which is each other. And the less distance I have between you and me, the greater chance we have to amplify this ecosystem called Web3, to amplify this technology called blockchain, and be able to create the best products and services the world has ever seen, but more importantly, to develop the best communities that give life and share life and seed life to next generation. So uh, know that you guys are all, a, ladies, gentlemen, you're all a part of that process. No one's more bigger or better. We're just us. And I think if we think about that, we will understand what you do today and what you do tomorrow uh, will echo for eternity. So harness that strength, believe in that strength and know that you're just as important as anyone on these stages and your voice is needed. Your talents are needed. Your gifts are calling you to this ecosystem because we are our greatest vindicators and together we can make for a really better and more holistic and, you know, loving world. As trite as that may sound, we can do it together. So just remember that as you go into your world, that you're enough, your talents are needed, and you're not small, you're great. Thank you so much, Dr. Jamila Merrick, for joining us. You are absolutely amazing. I know all of our listeners here got so much out of it. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us, for listening. I know you guys got a lot of value because this was just absolutely such an amazing episode and one of the things I find really interesting about this is um, every episode despite the fact that we mostly have the same questions is so different and I end up kind of like floored at each of our guests where I'm like there's so much person to this person and um, I just thank you for for sharing that with us um, before I get into our outro Amanda, do you want to say anything? Yes, thank you so much for doing this and for being so open and vulnerable and sharing knowledge and your heart and yourself. I love doing these interviews that we do and getting to know people better because I'm your biggest fan. I, you know, I was a fan before, but like, I'm your biggest fan. I will support you in whatever you are doing because... You are incredible. Um, and that's why I just love doing this. I never would have known those things. And, you know, yeah, sure, I would have always supported you. But, like, you know, consider me your number one fan club. And enough said. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Of course. Uh, did you want to say anything, uh, Jamila, before we head off? 
Yes, I just forgot to say thank you, ladies, for inviting me. Oh, my gosh, my hand went back up. Uh, and thank you for the opportunity to share because you could ask anyone to share and you asked me. So I'm always honored um, to come on a space, to come into your space and your sphere of influence and speak. And you you ladies are doing incredible things. You should really feel so proud of what you've accomplished and where you're going. Uh, you have the biggest hearts. And I just can't wait to see you all soar. For all the people who are here, I know most of you, you all are doing incredible work and you all earn and have earned your right to be heard and seen in this space. So thank you for the time. You ladies are just fabulous. You did a wonderful job hosting and co-hosting and just honored to be here and um, looking forward to all of the wonderful uh, spaces you have in the future. Of course. Thank you so much. And I cannot wait to see what's happening in New York. That's going to be amazing. Um, I know that you are very, very busy. So if you need to head off, we are five minutes over. You can go ahead and head off. I am going to take us out with one more time. Subsidies fake. I put their Spotify in the comments and you can see there is a, uh, uh, thing on the jumbotron that shows off their music. They've got a thing every Thursday that they have a, a weekly uh, kind of a Web3 university thing that they do as well. So um, give them a like, give them a follow. Thank you guys again so much for coming and um, we'll see you next week. That they do as well. So um, give them a like. Think about the times you Oh,